The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. On the line now we have the Federal MP for Karangamite, Libby Coker. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Nice to be out of uh, lockdown, Mitchell. Well, it is, but of course, the question from a lot of people, including me, is for how long this time? Because it's been a real roller coaster for people in Geelong and also on the surf coast, not having you know, a consecutive two weekends out of lockdown since July the 3rd. So I suppose, should people be optimistic and think, yes, the vaccination rates are coming up and maybe we won't have to go into lockdown again? Or should we be mentally preparing for a lockdown? I think what I'd like to say firstly is congratulations to our region. Um, in the Surf Coast, we're about to become the uh, the, the second uh, highest uh, local government area in Victoria to reach 70% uh, of fully vaccinated uh Citizens, it's it's a real achievement, and that follows on from Queenscliff, which, as as you know, is eighty three percent fully vaccinated. So, look, we we are doing the heavy lifting in our region, and I certainly want to congratulate everyone who's gone out and got vaccinated. Uh, I think the key here is. Firstly, we need to have the the number of vaccines in Australia and in the region so that we can get people vaccinated. And the Morrison government, uh, unfortunately, had fallen behind with that. We're picking up now. And so I'm looking at... um, young people now and hoping that they do get vaccinated. My two daughters, who are 18 and 19, had to work hard for a few weeks to get that first um, Pfizer dose, but they're fully vaccinated. So my family's fully vaccinated. And I think this is the key to opening up. Um, you know, we are nearly there. And if, if everyone gets vaccinated, we'll be well on the road to, um, to reaching normal. And uh, I think that that's the way to go. I do understand how difficult it's been for so many people. Uh, businesses have done it hard and we've been trying to help as many as we can um, from my office, whether it's getting the disaster payments, getting people home from overseas or interstate, um, supporting people who are uh, struggling in terms of mental health. There are, It has been certainly very challenging and uh, my... My um, advice to people is do please get vaccinated so we can actually, you know, get together and see one another once again. In terms of the point about um, the business support down there in the regions, how are the businesses going, particularly in the the tourism areas on the surf coast, for example, in your electorate? Um, Are they holding up okay or is there going to be a risk of significant closure as a result of all of these disruptions? There has been significant pressure on businesses, particularly along the Great Ocean Road, and I have pushed for uh, tourism funding from federal government to those businesses, we or to our region, we see that Phillip Island has received that sort of funding and yet we receive much higher visitation from interstate and overseas and therefore we are hurting so much more. I would like the federal government to have a look at what can be done to support tourism businesses in a targeted way because they are really hurting. And that means as we open up, uh, we may not see that same number of, of services and businesses open their doors. And 
we want people to survive this and to flourish and what that so if there is a, I think a, a fresh look at the funding for that industry particularly on the Great Ocean Road it will be some time before we get international visitors back down the Ocean Road in, in big numbers so support's needed and I would urge the federal government to help Although it appears that maybe there might be an issue with uh, state borders. For example, in Queensland, um, the forecast seems to be that their borders will be closed for some time and therefore maybe people will have another look at coming down the surf coast instead, uh, of, you know, going into state. Yeah, actually, Mitchell, that is, uh, in one sense, that's a, that is a, a good outcome for our region because, uh, you know, if it means more people coming into our region, that is a good thing. You also mentioned the issue of people that are stuck both internationally and also interstate. I'm just wondering, is there more that can be done from the state government's point of view to help people that are trapped interstate on the wrong side of the Victorian border in New South Wales? Because I know the Premier has announced that people can start to come back if they're doubly vaxxed. But for the people that aren't doubly vaxxed, it does take a fair few weeks to actually get doubly vaxxed. Yeah, it's a good question. I think the main thing is that we keep people safe and you have to listen to the public health advice and if the public health advice is that people need to be double vaxxed well I suppose that's the way it goes however I do think there is opportunity to be a little bit flexible with people that have been in areas where there hasn't been outbreaks if you can have uh, can be tested and um, quarantine um, there are options but look I'm not an expert in this um, Mitchell but I think we do need to to um, understand that people who've been away from home for a long time, we have to look at every possible option uh, to help them get home as soon as possible. I appreciate it may be a risk to have people at home quarantine because we found out, I think, before the hotel quarantine system was introduced that people said they were going to stay at home for two weeks but wouldn't stay home. But could we look at bringing in hotel quarantine for return travellers from interstate or even, I don't know, using motels along the border there? Look, I think quarantine is an issue that the um, Morrison government uh, has not handled well. Uh, it is a federal responsibility and we have had 27 leaks from hotel quarantine. Um, hotels aren't built for, for, um, for quarantine, they're built for tourists. And if we'd had a, a, a well-managed quarantine system, uh, we would have had uh, options. But at the moment, we haven't got those options. So, look, in terms of hotel quarantine uh, of people returning, um, you know, I think we need to look examine that very closely. What we don't want to see is further outbreaks from hotel quarantine. Now, the climate summit uh, that's happening and coming up in Glasgow, COP26, just wondering your thoughts on who the Australian government should send. Does it matter if the Prime Minister doesn't attend? Is it more important to be actually talking about what we're going to do as opposed to the actual person announcing it? I think the first thing to say is that Scott Morrison and, and his, um, you know, liberal national um, colleagues uh, need to get their act together. It's it's it is it is uh, disappointing that Australia is being increasingly isolated on the world stage. What we're seeing is a is a government that is more concerned about its own political uh, survival than it is about the survival of the planet. It is 
very concerning that it's only because people like uh, Josh Frydenberg uh, are going to find himself in a political um, under political pressure at the next election that he and others are pushing for climate action only now. We have lost jobs in this sector over many over a number of years because this government um, has really refused to look at our economic future. Climate change will bring, renewable energy will bring new jobs and it will boost our economy. If we don't get on board, we're going to find ourselves behind the pack. As other countries start putting in place um, taxes on countries that are not... um, embracing climate action and not reducing emissions, we're going to find ourselves in a very difficult position. So, um, you know, really to me, Scott Morrison needs to step up and um, confront this issue and he needs to put the the future of our planet against, uh, that is, should be the most important thing that comes first. So he should be at the Glasgow Summit and he should certainly be embracing net zero by 2050 and a low carbon future. As Labor has already said it will do, we will, we certainly, um, an Albanese Labor government, we will create jobs, we will cut power prices and we will reduce emissions um, and absolutely passionate to be part of a government that does that. Is it your view that both political parties, Labour and Liberals, should be looking at taking not just a 2050 target to the next election, but also interim targets along the way? Because it's unlikely that uh, any of the MPs in this parliament, maybe some first-term MPs, like maybe you might still be there in 2050, um, but very unlikely that most of the MPs will still be there in 2050. And therefore, if we just have a 2050 target and all the government changes that will happen between now and then, uh, you won't be able to hold anyone to account on actually delivering it. Well, firstly, I'd just like to say thank you for suggesting I might be there by 2050. <laughs> I'd be pretty ancient, but um, it'd be great to be there and it would be great to, to see our country as a leader in climate action and, and the jobs and uh, growth in the renewable energy sector would be an amazing thing. Uh, look, interim targets are something that are being looked at. It's very important that we do consider interim um, targets. Um, Labor uh, will have more to say on its position in terms of climate before the next election. Um, I can assure you we will have have very robust targets. Uh, But to be honest, we have a Morrison government. It is the Morrison government that should be leading um, the the push uh, for greater uh, em- emission reduction, and we cert- we we believe the government must have a higher medium term target, which they'll take to the summit in Glasgow. And just looping back, I believe you've been concerned about, in terms of vaccinations, uh, making sure that people with a disability can get vaccinated. And I did watch a story that suggested that the vaccine coverage for people with disabilities was substantially lower than the uh, the average figures across the entire population. Just wondering, what can the government do or how can we make it uh, more accessible so that people with a disability can be fully vaccinated? Yeah, look, it's a really good question. It's something that has been discussed in the media recently, I have a reference group that is made up of people who either have a disability, they're carers or advocates, and they tell me that there are people with disability, uh, many people in the community who are not yet vaccinated, and the federal government made a commitment to this. 
which was the right thing to do because we know that people with disability are very vulnerable and they have people coming into their home to support them and provide services. So they do, they are vulnerable and actually many of them are feeling anxious and fearful and what we need to do is um, put in place a system that enables um, people with a disability uh, who are hesitant to have that support, to have the, first of all, the discussion with their with their GP uh, and then to have a have a process, I believe, where we could support by having um, a system where uh, we have someone coming into the home to be able to provide that vaccination in a, an environment they feel safe and secure in. Uh, it is something that I think we really do need to look at. Uh, we do not want people who are already feel discriminated against, doubly discriminated by uh, not only the, the people's attitudes to disability, which hopefully is changing, it is, it is happening, but also because they are not able to act, be out in the community as others will be as we open up. Well, thanks very much for being on the program once again. Always good to catch up and speak to you again next month. Yeah, look forward to it, Mitchell. You take care. Thank you very much. Libby Coker there, the MP for Karangamite. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you get your podcasts.